The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me is that I have been asked so many questions by so many friends who are so curious as to Ray, you went to court, uh, you were in court, you sat in court, and you listened to these arguments about. Either are college players amateurs? And who determines if they're amateurs? And then not only that, then somebody said, accordingly to what someone heard someone say or they read somewhere, and you can read the articles that's out there, that maybe it's not the court's place to determine or not that particular court, it's a place to determine if someone is an amateur or what an amateur should be paid. I, that's a lot for things that matters to me today. And the reason why is because you know people have been asking me. So many guys I've been on the phone talking to asking, you know, we have these deep conversations about, you know, our days of when we were in college and, and playing ball and, and our experience as student-athletes and, and then how we love our universities and, and how we're trying to help the next generation of student-athletes to make sure that they get every single benefit of that opportunity that comes along uh, because they've earned it. There's so many people that, that, that student-athletes hear people say, you know, it's, you know, it's, not something that everybody has a chance to get. It's not something that, you know, everybody is fortunate enough to get. It's, it's not something that, uh, that you have a right to get. And very few times do you hear student-athletes agree with that. And there's a reason why student-athletes don't agree with that, because regardless of what gifts you have in life, if you don't use those gifts, if you throw those gifts away, they're just wasted. There are many people out here in this world that have been given an opportunity and they wasted. They've been given a chance and they, and they wasted. And so not everybody who's given a chance, as, as some people say, you're given a chance. And the majority of times when people are given something, 
You don't do anything. A, a gift is something that, a gift, when you're giving something, somebody said it's a gift to you. Most of the times, you don't, you don't earn gifts. Somebody just gives it to you. It's, it's something that, out of the kindness of their heart, and there's no, there's no strings attached. It's just a gift. They're giving something to you. But then, when you look at student-athletes, and everybody said they get a free ride, and they're given a scholarship. Well, do you forget all the work that these kids put into that? Do you understand that the person who does not do the work does not get the gift that you think that that's what this athletic scholarship is given? And remember, the word athletic is in that scholarship. So this person must be able to do something. They didn't just give them a scholarship because the guy on each side of the hall from me and in front of me, they didn't get scholarships. They didn't get athletic scholarships. They didn't, they didn't play football for Ohio State University. So no, they didn't, they didn't get a scholarship. And then I got to do a little bit more research myself because this whole thing about grant and aid, you know, a grant is usually something, again, <laughs> there's people who get grants, they qualify for a grant for a certain reason. A lot of times it's, you know, it's something financially. And then sometimes there's, there's an academic grant. And many people get those. I got friends, I got relatives, children, got, you know, academic grants. You don't have to pay those back. And what did you do? Well, you know, a grant also has some, there's a couple things you have to do to qualify for a grant. Uh, sometimes they're not always good. Sometimes they're a misfortune. Sometimes, you know, it's a, a person could be in a position where financially they can't afford it. So they're grant, they get a grant. When you get a scholarship, it's still a grant. You don't have to pay it back. That's what it is. See, a, a grant is something where there's no financial obligation to return the value of this gift, if you will. So a football scholarship really isn't a grant because if you can't play football, you know what? You don't necessarily, get, you know, they don't have to give you that scholarship. If you, you know, you got to be on the team. If you, even if you're not good enough to start, well, put your body out here so we can use your body. So, you know, we're not running up against air. We need a, a body. So put your body out here. Let us you, abuse your body because you're not good enough to play. So probably that guy in front of you is going to either steamroll you a couple times, run past you a couple times if he's a wide receiver, Running back, like I said, he's going to steamroll your offensive line. He's probably going to steamroll you a couple times. But we need your body out there. So I just, I'm just going to, I got a few questions here that I've been asked. And these are just hypothetical questions. Well, they're not hypothetical. They were actually asked of me. I didn't provide answers. So I just want to share with you, you know, some of the questions that have been asked of me by some guys who are student athletes, some people who are just friends, who just want to know what it's like to be in, you know, one of the most powerful courts in the United States of America, the one just below the Supreme Court, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And so, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, well, why is there a definite, why is there a concern about an amateur? You know, why do they, why, why do they want to know if you guys are amateurs? That, that's what the question. What, you know, why is the word amateur being used in the courtrooms? And then a couple of people who I'm having these conversations with, either on the phone or in the group, you know, a couple of times we might have had a little cocktail watching a basketball game. 
Shout out to the Buckeyes. That's okay. We can, we can lose every now and then. It's all right. You know, don't panic. It's basketball. Uh, we got, you know, next season. Football, we already got one. You know, basketball, we're going to get one. So just just take your time. Don't worry about that. But shout out to the Buckeyes. Great season. Um, but amateurs. Now, I personally, now this is just, I'm having a conversation now with my buddies. And I want to share this conversation with you because you weren't there. And I, you know, personally, I, I'm, I'm a little confused about why, as I'm sitting in this courtroom, I'm hearing this word amateur. But, but regardless, as, as, as one of the attorneys said, you know, amateurism, however you define that, and I'm, I, I can tell you there's, there's no constant definition of amateur, according to what I heard in that courtroom. But even if there was the argument from what I heard as I'm talking to my friends, I'm saying I think what they're saying is that even if they are amateurs, it's not this court's position to tell them, the NC2A, what they can or what they cannot or what they should or what they should not pay amateurs. And not to come up with a figure that they should pay amateurs this or that. And then, <laughs> really interesting, one of my friends, we're having a com this conversation and says to me, well, amateurs? Well, I, I thought I was an amateur. That's what he says to me. I thought I was an amateur when I was in college. When we were in college, right? Remember that? Because we all played basketball, and y'all, your, your team beat my team. I was happy he remembered that. Because I remember that. And, and that team, that was in intramurals. We, we played intramurals. And he said he thought that that was, well, that probably is the best recollection I have of being an amateur in college. Not in high school, but in college. You know, an activity that he participated in, a sporting event, that he thought he was an amateur. Well, he made me think, but I didn't think out loud. I just let him talk. And the fact of the matter is, he said things like, you know what? Well, we didn't, we didn't get a scholarship to play. And we didn't also, I don't think anybody came to see us play. We didn't play in St. John's. We played in Larkins. And um, I don't even think they charged him to get in. At Larkins, if anybody came, which nobody came except the team that played next. And we didn't, we didn't have uniforms. If we did, we bought them. They didn't give us shoes. If we did, we bought them. Um, sweatbands, if we did, they, we bought them. Uh, and you guys had a team, right? A, a, a lot of football players was on that team. Shout out to Keith Ferguson, Paul Campbell, Big Bell up in heaven. Um, I think uh, Alvin Washington was on that team, too. Uh, we won a championship. We won the championship. As a matter of fact, maybe I'll put my, take a picture of my, my, my championship. I don't have gold pants, but I have a gold necklace. And it's got a scarlet O on it. It's a cha championship. Intramural champions. We were. My freshman year. Shot the lights out. Now, my friend thinks that that was amateurs. We were amateurs. 
And we didn't, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get paid. We didn't get scholarships. We didn't have study table. We didn't have to go to practice. We didn't have to. And, and we, the team that won, not the team he was on, we beat them a couple times. Uh, but, um, you know, we didn't practice much. We didn't have a coach screaming down our neck. Uh, we didn't have to, you know, go out to dinner. We didn't have to be in the place and say we have bed check. We didn't have any of that stuff. We didn't have any real true obligations of any administrative people that were identified as coaches uh, that was on a staff that was getting paid and maybe was taking us to different you know, places to play other teams. We, we played everybody there on campus. And they played us a couple times. We played them a couple times. Obviously, we won more games than the other people, so we were the champions. And, and I felt that he made a good point. Amateurs. No commercials, not on TV. I, that kind of bothered me a little bit. I'm playing sports, and you know, because I play for Ohio State, I'm used to playing on TV. We're not on TV, and I play for Cam McKinley Bulldogs. I'm used to people being in the stands, but I'm an amateur. So I'll tell you what. I'm gonna continue having this conversation with you out there listening. The conversation me and my friends had, not because I got notes here. I got questions that they brought up to me. I'm just gonna share, relive the conversation with you. So I tell you what, come back. Make sure you listen. Tune in. Don't go anywhere. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, of course, living like it matters. And we'll be right back. Up Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports from the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. 
And what matters to me is I had a conversation with my friends the past few weeks, certainly after I came back from, from court uh, in the Ed O'Bannon um, lawsuit against the NC2A, and my friends heard this word amateur that was being thrown around. Uh, but really, uh, you know, in the courtroom, uh, it wasn't necessarily about the word amateur that was being thrown around. It was as much as it was a little bit from what I understand about is, okay, even if they are amateurs, you know, this court doesn't have the right to determine uh, or to make uh, the demand that uh, the NC2A pay these guys a certain amount of money. And, uh, and so I'm having these conversations with my friends, and I just, you know, these are some things they were saying to me. If you would, if you got a question about it, I'll do the best I can to answer it. Call me at 888-346-9144, 888-346-9144, as Moses Malone would say. But, uh, you know, it just so happens, too. I remember sitting down in the courtroom, and, and, and one of the three judges that appeared there, and I believe we're in the Ninth Circuit uh, Court uh, there in San Francisco, mm. I remember, well, first of all, I asked if I could take a picture before I went in there, and I was told no, he <laughs> couldn't do that. I, I even wanted to take a picture after everybody left the courtroom. I was told no, you probably can't do that either. Um, real big dude with a gun told me no. So uh, I listened, very disciplined, coachable. Thank you, Coach Ace. Uh, so anyway, um, I in this courtroom, as soon as the judge comes, sits down, you know, you know, all rise, you know. Judges come in, three of the dudes with black robes on, sit down, uh, just look like powerful men, you know. Just the robe had something to do with it, you know. I, you know, usually the dude in the robe don't do no, no, don't show no, don't mean no power to me. As a matter of fact, it usually the kind of weak, but bro, she got a robe on, man, throwing some, uh, some Nike, you know, whatever that's all about. But a, but a dude with a robe, sometimes it's just like, mm, all right, bro, why you got your robe on? When, um, you know, we knocking on the door, man, go put some pants on, you know. But anyway, dude was ro three dudes with a robe on, black robes, dude sit down, powerful looking. And the judge opens up and says, you know, uh, I don't know if he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it's, you know, how ironic, how, how ironic it is that we sit here on this day as we start uh, March Madness. March 17th was the date we sat down there and here we are in the Ninth District Circuit Court. Uh, Superior Court, I believe it is, um, determining if indeed these young men uh, today and yesterday's generation uh, uh, are amateurs, were amateurs, and if they are entitled to to be paid uh, for their likenesses and images, name, images, and license, and likeness is what the question is all about. And so anyway, um, your friends continue to ask me some questions, these conversations we've been having for a long period of time. Uh, because believe it or not, you know, as I am a part of this, as, as one of the named plaintiffs along with Ed, and by the way, got a chance to spend some time with Ed. Ed and I talked about some things, man, you know, just, just growing up and getting, that, getting the opportunity to play. You know, that journey to get through to the point where you're in a position for someone to offer you the opportunity to come to their university and to live an experience as a student athlete, to be educated and to be coached, to be a better ball player on the court and on the field and a better human being in life. That journey to getting there is unique in itself with every individual player. But to hear another man's story of his journey will keep you on the edge of your seat. 
because it is a, boy, is it a journey and is it a challenge. There are many times in life, you hear Michael Jordan talk all the time about how many shots he made, but never forget how many shots he missed because he never will. As a matter of fact, we, we as athletes, we remember more about the mistakes that we made and the plays that we did not make more so than the ones that we did because we relive those ones that we didn't make because you know what? They probably were great plays. They would have been great plays. They probably turned out to be a great play on somebody else's part. That's just the way you just feel. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where mm, you think about it. So Ed and I kind of reminisced about some of that. But let me t- talk to you about, again, the conversations I've been having with, with my friends about, you know, amateurs. Who is an amateur at the college level? And who determines if they're amateurs or if they're not amateurs? And the compensation, where that determination happens at. See, the courts of the United States of America, someplace, somewhere in in the United States of America, you can get an answer to any legal question. As a matter of fact, somebody can put down the the gavel, and so it is written, so it is. You know, the law, somebody sets down the law. And so for me in the court, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a fly on the wall and, and you try not to show any emotion, but I know if, if they could read my face each time I was, mm, really, I'm trying not to look at the guy on my left, which was Ed, the guy on my right, which was Chris, uh, one of the attorneys. And, and I'm just trying to, you know. Just stay focused and listen and, and just just take it all in. But let me share again some questions. So 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 my friends, they want to know. So so they ask me these questions. OK, um, well, if nobody came to see you guys um, at Ohio State, that that would be pretty hard to fathom, wouldn't it? Could you really think about having a game at Ohio State and you got a stadium for what, 90,000, 100,000 people now? I'm sorry, we up to 100,000 because you made accommodation because, you know, we continue to win. So we had to accommodate the demand. And so I think if you do some research, you might find out that even this whole thing about amateurs and I believe if you think about amateurs and you, and you think about intramurals, you know, and, and c- competition with school spirit. I believe somewhere deep down, you're going to find Ohio State, Michigan in there. Way deep down, you're going to find that. And, that you know, that was mm, a long time ago. And, and you didn't have these big stadiums that you have now. And so I, when, when my friend asked me, well, you know, that would be, there'd be something wrong with that, wouldn't it? And I kind of, did a research button in my mind, and, and I, I remember having a conversation with an executive from the Ohio State University, and he told me, well, oh, about 2009, 2010, that, well, you know, well, Ray, we, we didn't do so well last year. And, and one of the years they didn't do so well, it kind of affected something. So it, that effect had an effect on something they wanted to do with me and some of my former teammates and our, the ability to, you know, to comp us on some tickets because, you know, the revenues weren't as high the previous year. 
And so, you know, maybe things weren't so good. So this business of amateurs, you know, managing amateurs activities, sporting activities is, is, is something that's very serious for some departments at the universities and they keep an eye on this. And I'm sharing this with my friends that I kind of know that you bought that up. Yeah, that would be a problem at the university if we had a stadium and we didn't sell out the tickets, you know, but they, then they got this TV revenue. So, you know, they might be okay because they got some, another source of revenue. So, so if they're, I'm just going to throw a number out there. There's 100,000 people in the stadium. If everybody pays a dollar, it's $100,000, right? Okay. Everybody play $10? Okay. Now you got a million. Everybody play $100? You got $10 million. One game you could have, but it ain't quite that. So let's cut that in half. How about $5 million something per game at Ohio State? Maybe. Somewhere around that. Just ticket sales. If they sell out. Now, but these are, this is about amateurs. So these people are not, now I, I, what I don't understand. So I told my friend, he said, okay, nobody came to that game. I mean, nobody, he said, nobody came to your, if nobody came to the stadium to see Ohio State football team play, you're amateurs. But if nobody showed up to the stadium, that, that, that'd be a problem. And, and I, of course, I gave him that example. He said, okay, well, what about this other thing over here where you were amateur playing basketball? And nobody came to see that game. Do those executives, are they having a reunion for you guys? For that? You, you, you won that championship. You didn't, because, you know, when you played USC, you lost 17-16. So you didn't win the national championship. You won the Big Ten, but you didn't win a national championship. And, and they want to celebrate you. And they want to bring you in front of a stadium of people. Even though you got to pay for the ticket to get there. We under, to get in the game. We un, ha, Yeah, sure. We understand that. But we don't. But we do. But they want to celebrate that. But what if you, you won a championship over here. They're not celebrating. And nobody came to that game. And they weren't worried. Nobody was at those games. Nobody was even at the Was anybody at the championship game, Ray? And I had to stop and think. Well, you know, no. Nobody was at that championship game. What? And you got a, they, you got a, 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 a necklace? Similar to those gold pants, you got a necklace, but this represented a championship, not just beating Michigan, but you won the intramurals championship? Did you have a banquet? Well, no. You didn't? Well, that sounds like you're a real amateur. Ooh, that hurt me. My friend called me. He sounded like I was a real amateur because we didn't have a banquet. Nobody came to see us play, even though they gave us a little, a little necklace. You know, the administration was not concerned about the fact that we were not selling seats in the stadium because we weren't in the stadium. We were in Larkins. But the administrator, and the, guess what? The administration didn't even bring us back and rock us out on the football field at halftime to be honored. They didn't do that. Now I'm talking to my friend. I'm, I'm, now I'm starting to lose. I said, you know, you're making me think about something now. I think I've been disrespected. Because I, I told that executive, that's a dishonor when you want to make me pay to get in a game that I'm supposed to be honored at. But now I'm even more upset because I'm being disrespectful because I'm not even being honored. And I never thought about that before. 
I'm not even being honored. As an amateur, you got one amateur, and you're parading them out on the football field, and they didn't even win the whole thing, and we won the whole thing, and nobody knows. And you don't care. Why are these amateurs being treated different than these other amateurs? That's some form of discrimination right there. I, I, I'm going to need to bring that up. Of course, I'm telling my friend this, right? I haven't called the university yet, but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. I'm going to continue to think about that. I'm going to dwell on that a little bit more. I'm going to take a break, and you're going to come back with me. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. Mr. Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me, it matters to me that, again, I've had conversations with my friends the past few weeks, and uh, they've been have, they want to have this conversation with me about something they read in the paper. Um, you know, this actually was written in the paper after the trial, uh, but there are many times, you know, friends of student-athletes, they always, you know, they tease um, and I say they tease because it's you know it's when you're on the outside looking in you don't know, so they they assume um, they they tease you about you know getting paid when you go to college. Man, y'all got paid, but you know there was a joke about me uh, when I was in college about obviously you know getting paid, and it was a joke because actually I did not get paid when I was in college, but I I my dad passed away. And people knew my dad had passed away, but um, people weren't aware of the fact that because my dad passed away, I was getting Social Security. And so Social Security, my I would take my check, and basically I, you know, I had a little two-seater. It happened to be a Corvette, but it was a two-seater. So 
I could afford because my dad passed away. I used my Social Security check to pay for my car. So, no, Woody didn't buy my car. And um, it just so happened that my dad passed away. And, uh, and so that's where my car came from. But there were other guys who had nice cars. And I don't know where their cars came from. I didn't ask. They didn't ask where mine came from. Although I will share this story with you. One day I was, real, I was a little upset because I come outside my, my car while I, I'm going in after practicing. I, you know, I'm walking up and I'm, I'm looking this. This guy bent all over, you know, looking all in my car, man. I don't even really know you that well. You know, why are you looking in my car? It was Pete Carroll. And he was my secondary coach. You know, Pete Carroll, head coach of USC. Uh, he was my secondary coach my junior year. And I, I, but, I, you know, I, although, and I'm older, obviously, he's, I'm older now, so I kind of understand. But he obviously was an older guy than I was. But I, I guess at the time, I did have a nicer car than he did. Um... But I'm wondering why this guy, you know, that's something that younger men, well, okay, so Pete wasn't that old back then. He was under 30. And, and you do kind of, you, when you see a nice car, sometimes you walk down the street. Well, years ago, you would look in a car. Nowadays, you don't do that. I mean, in, this, in the 70s, 79 it was, it's okay to look in somebody's car. And today, 2015, you walk down the street, you see a Ferrari, and you, all of a sudden, you up there, you lean into it. You, a Corvette, okay. You lean over looking at somebody's Corvette. Well, you know, I, I, you know, as a black man, I'm not going to do it. Let me say that, Sheriff Aparo. I'm not going to do it, you know. But, but anyway, didn't get paid. That was a joke back in the day that you kind of get paid in college. But, you know, so let's get to this discussion about amateurism that me and my friends are having. And, uh, you know, as I told you, they were having this discussion about, you know, amateurism. And, and you know, then it led to about, you know, that our team and how well we played and, you know, and, you know, how good we were doing and nobody was coming. And then they compared it to this other thing that you're playing on the football team. And, you know, and you guys are selling stadiums out and, and, and then fast forward to, you know, 2009. And then they're celebrating the team is coming back and you're having a conversation with somebody. And, and you kind of ask them about, you know, why the hell we got to pay for a ticket to get in the game. We're going to be honored. And, and, and they tell you that they didn't do so well uh, one of the years before. Maybe they weren't selling out all the time. And um, he's concerned. But on the other hand, this other amateur activity that you're involved in, that you win a championship, that nobody comes to your games, uh, that you are not honored, they're not interested in bringing you back, and there's no concern about the fact that you guys aren't selling out. They don't even consider... Well, these, this team's doing so well. Why don't we take it on the road? You know, why don't we do something for this? No. They already have a basketball team of amateurs. Oh, they already have a basketball team of amateurs. So they got two amateurs? So that's division. What's your division? Intramurals. Oh, so they're intramural. Okay, I understand. There's, so there's intramural amateurs. And then there's these other amateurs that we have over here that are the NC2A Division I amateurs. This is a conversation me and my friends are having. And so now we start talking about, okay, all right. Because we're just trying to make some sense out of this because we we're not attorneys. So I'm just sharing with them. You were having a conversation about the things they've been reading in the newspaper and online. Of course, everybody's reading online. Nobody's newspapers nowadays. And, you know, my going there one time you know, and just being a fly on the wall in the courtroom, if you will, sitting in between two distinguished young men. 
And so now the conversation moves, okay, well, well, okay, I understand that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, okay, these amateurs, uh, we, remember we're watching Ohio State play on TV now, we are like watching the Division I amateurs play on TV and we hear there's like a billion dollars. It's madness. It's March. There's like a million dollars that are going to be made because they watch. Everybody's watching these amateurs that are Division One. Well, Ohio State is Division One, right? Yes. Well, you you would you were at Ohio State. That's a Division One school, right? Yes. So the amateurs, you guys are Division One. Well, no, it doesn't work like that. What do you mean? Well, we're intramurals. They, okay, we understand this. Now they're now they, now they messing with me on this. Well, I, I get it now where they're going with that. And they're trying to make a point to me. They're trying to say, okay, well, it's a Division I school. And this is intramurals, right? Yeah, and that's their basketball and their Division I. Okay, yeah. Well... Okay, Division One, Division One. Well, okay. Well, I don't know if I'm NC. I don't know if I don't. I didn't know. I'm saying, well, I don't. The Division One thing and the NC Two A thing. I I don't. I don't know the answer to that because you're playing basketball. You're playing in an organized league. You got a gold medal, and it's Division One. Okay, that team over there, that's the basketball team, but that's the basketball team, and they got a coach over there, Eldon Miller's coaching, you know, Herb Williams and those guys, Clark Kellogg and those guys, Carter Scott, you know, Marcus Miller, Todd Penn, Jim Smith, you know, come on, Kelvin Ramsey. They got a coach over there. We don't have a coach. Oh, so is that what makes you your amateurism? You know, junior, are you, so you junior amateurs? Now I know they're really picking with me now. And so I'm like, well, all I know is this, that I, I didn't get my scholarship to come here to play basketball and get an education. I came and I got it to get an education and play football. They got theirs to get an education and play basketball. But you're playing basketball, Ray, I know. And you're going to get a gold medal because we won. You guys won. You got a gold medal, they said. You, gonna, you, you got a gold medal because you won. So they recognize you. So there had to be, who paid for the gold medal? Well, I, I know we paid some admission to get, oh, so you paid to play? That's how they hit me. Those guys can't get paid to play, but you paid to play. Well, I don't know how much we paid. We probably put in, I don't, I didn't even remember I think maybe it was $50 total. I don't know. Oh, but you paid to play. And you got a gold medal. Here, the basketball team, those guys, well, let's, let's talk about your football. Didn't you guys win? Well, we were cold big tension, and you got a ring, right? Okay. But you didn't pay for, well, you was on the field and all that stuff. So, okay, so maybe you, you okay, so you, maybe you bartered that. That's what they said, you bartered that. I said, okay, okay, yeah, so because it paid for my school, okay, so I went out and played to pay for my school, so I don't have to pay for classes, so okay, oh, okay, so, but right here, you paid to play on this team, 
and they're not paying for your school. Right. Okay, yeah, because school's, okay, right. So, so is that why you guys don't have TV contracts? I said, what are you talking about? You, you guys didn't have TV contracts. Well, we didn't have TV contracts because did you, did you guys go negotiate a deal with somebody that was going to pay us a lot of money at, back then? No. Okay, well, they had somebody. Oh, so they had somebody negotiate TV contracts, and then they got a lot of money, and that money helped pay for what? Well, I, I, I guess the coach's salary and some other things. Oh, okay. So if, if we can go get somebody to pay for I, I, I told him I didn't know if we could have done that back then. It might have been, that might have been a conflict of interest. But the basketball might have been pretty good because there was a couple guys on those, you know, those teams I played against. And, you know, at McKinley, check us out. We were pretty good. So I'm having this conversation with the guys, and that's what I'm saying. We were pretty good at McKinley, so I, you know, I'm, we, that's why we won the championship. We beat y'all because me and my boys, we was pretty good. We probably could have played against Herb. We could have played against Big Jim, Carter, Todd. We, we could have balled up. Me and Todd wasn't playing around. Big Bell. With that left hand, he could do his thing. So, you know, we could have, it would have been a good game. They wouldn't have ran, ran us off the court. Cause we were, and plus, we respect, we played each other, in, you know, in the offseason anyway. So, we're having this conversation. And they're, they're really breaking it down. I'm trying to understand, well, what is the difference between the intramurals and these guys? You know, is there, is there a real big difference? Because intramurals, they certainly don't get the recognition that I'm getting on the football field or I got on the basketball court. And that money, a billion dollars in March, the money. And then there's something else we're going to talk about at the end here, because this is where I, I really talked to them and they understood. is the money. I want to share that conversation with you. The money and the contracts. The merchandise, oh my goodness, all kind of merchandise flowing throughout the place. But again, the money is where they always say, you want to find out where the money's at, where the devil's at, the devil's in the money. All right, <laughs> Mr. Rail of Sports on the Voice American Network. It's a little humorous to me, but we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. This will be our final segment. Let's go. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, so living like it matters. What matters to me is conversations I've had with some friends the past few weeks over the use of the word amateurism as it shows up in the Ed O'Bannon NC2A lawsuit. Uh, you know, amateurs. If athletes are amateurs, is it that Ninth Circuit Court's decision to determine uh, or position to determine, I guess, if if they are amateurs, you know, what they should get paid or certainly somewhere around that, should the court be the ones to determine their status and their compensation? Is that the court's right? Um, some of my friends read some articles that were out there in New York Times um, USA Today. You you could read it. It's out, they're they're out there, and I, I know the United States of America. You know you, there is oversight. We have laws that you know that do relate to a person's ability to work and to put in work and to be compensated. Uh, someone is always questioning the, the, the value of the education. Uh, well, the, the NC2A and colleges and universities um, somehow or another have come up with various means of determining uh, who can receive a grant based upon financial status. People also receive grant and aids based upon athletic status. And then people receive grants that are academic scholarships based upon one's academic performance prior to entering college at the high school level and to, to maintain a certain GPA, they can continue to get uh, grants uh, of which there are no strings attached to those grants in terms of uh, their non-recourse. They're, they, they're not trying to get any money back from them. Uh, this is a situation, you know, I, as I watch as I'm having this conversation with my friends about this amateur status, you know, it's interesting to me that you see some, you'll see college kids now, I'm sorry, you'll see adults that are not kids, mature adults, seasoned, veterans, former college athletes that are doing commercials, doing NC2A. They're compensated. When they were in college, they couldn't do those commercials and be compensated. You'll see people who represent athletes in commercials that are not athletes, that are actors and are compensated for doing those commercials, 
but they can't put a current athlete, and I'm assuming they can't put a current athlete or they will not allow a current athlete to be in those commercials and be compensated. The only thing, I, me as a person, my concern, and I, this is just my concerns, is, okay, if there's a, such a thing as no, you know, you don't feel that an athlete deserves to be paid to play, my only question is, why should you have the right to stop somebody else from paying that person to do anything? You know, and I, I'm assuming that they're saying, well, the only reason why somebody would pay you to do something is because of the status that you've achieved as an athlete for this university. Well, I think that same argument also plays itself out in other things. As an example, and, and professional sports, where they're not obvious, they're obviously they're not amateurs. There's some rec name recognition they, but everybody knows Joe Montana is Joe Montana. Everybody knows Tom Brady. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. They 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 know of course Richard Sherman is is Richard Sherman. Um, you could look in basketball, and of course, uh, you know, uh, everybody knows that LeBron James is LeBron James. And so, these people are still human beings, and their name is their name. It, it, it's LeBron James, so he can be LeBron James. When he puts on a uniform, I guess his uniform, now he is the Cleveland Cavaliers' LeBron James. So he represents the Cleveland Cavaliers when he has that uniform on. But he's still LeBron James. So when he steps off the court and he's walking down the street to his car in his suit, he's LeBron James, his mother's son. His father's son. Now, if somebody wants him to do a car commercial, he can do a car commercial. He's his mother's son. He's LeBron James, not Cleveland Cavaliers number 23, LeBron James. So when he does a commercial for Nike so that he doesn't belong to the Cleveland Cavaliers at this time of this commercial shooting, and, and now the run of this sponsored advertisement on television, he doesn't have on the Cleveland Cavaliers jersey. He, he, he's no longer a part of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So when does a student athlete who's an amateur? I don't understand. I'm just a human being trying to understand. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a judge. I'm trying to understand when does a why do you lose the right of being a human being because you become a student athlete? Why can't I, a student athlete like LeBron James take off that jersey, step outside and step into a Lincoln Continental to show that it's comfortable and classic and get a commercial shot and get compensated for it? Again, they don't take every athlete that plays professional basketball or football or baseball and sign him up for product endorsement. It doesn't happen with all of them. It happens to a very few. But for those who have value to a certain demographic, there's somebody who wants to pay them. So the university's not paying him to play, but he's allowed to do it. I, don't get, I, don't, I do not get that. 
what, what rules, what laws are there that could possibly hold up in court that would prevent a person? You already have this thing where the research has shown you that athletes have a short period of time that they can make income in that profession. It's a short term window where you can generate a lot of revenue for yourself and your family. So if you know you can't play pro football or pro basketball at the age of 50, why would you want to limit what a person could make in their highest grossing years of performance? Why would you hinder that? What, what, what is that all about? I don't, I don't get that for the life of me. Somebody's got to tell me why that is. Why is it because a person now enters into an institution of education, you got other people, you have people every day, people, there are people that are in, in med school. There are people that are in law school. There, there are people that are, there are family, there are people who have families that they still, there, 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 are, there are mothers and fathers who have children and they're still working on their education to go back and get another degree. And they got a full-time job. Now, the job doesn't tell them we can't pay you because you're in school. And school doesn't tell them that you can't get an education because you got a job. So what is it about a student athlete that because you're a student athlete, you can't get paid? Somebody cannot pay you because you're a student athlete. That, there's something got to be wrong with that. Now, that's what I was trying to say to my friends when we were having these conversations. That was my perspective. I just wanted to understand what is it that's so unique about a student athlete that because you're a student athlete and you're this amateur and you're this role model, you can't get paid. Do you understand that not every student athlete is going to go and play in the National Football League? So there might come a chance that they don't. So they have the skill set that at some point in time, there's a demand to see your talent at that level and somebody's willing to pay for it, why can't they be compensated? You know why? Because you got all these greedy people over here, these coaches, these administrators, and everybody else. Just do some Google and find out how much money presidents, no, I don't want to bring the president, bring the athletic directors, see how much money they get paid. Head coaches, see how much money they get paid. Division one schools. Take a look at that. See how much the rest of the staff gets paid. And athletes, by the way, I want to close and say this. There was no shoe contracts involved when I played intramural basketball. I didn't have to change my shoes because there was a shoe contract involved. I could wear the shoes I was comfortable on. In the championship game, I got to wear whatever shoes I wanted to. Now, if I'd had to have been forced to put on some other shoes because somebody else had been paid, I might have been a little hot. But there's a lot of people getting a lot of money and these student athletes deserve to get some as well. Enhance their package. Their package should not be the same as what it was before. And I don't want to hear they're not being paid because somebody, the NC2A, has decided that they don't want to pay them. The only reason why is they don't want to pay them. I'm sorry we've gone on. You've been listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'll be back next week. Make sure you... Thank you.
thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.